It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I mentored Sean Merriman. So when I saw the commercial hit, I was like, dang, you got Sean dogging cats, but then here comes Steve grabbing the ball, and that's you. And it's goosebumps. Because you talk about the concept of it and, and what it what we're trying to show the grind for week to week seasons, you know, through the fall, through the winter, right? Regardless, indoor the weather out. was changing on. No, yeah, exactly, right? Right. But every week you got to grind. Up on game presents conversations with a legend, and now here's Lavar Errington. <laughs> Welcome to another exciting edition of Conversations with a Legend, presented to you by Up on Game presents. I got my man, the esteemed tailback. I mean, if that's what you want to call him, some people might call him a freight train. Big dog. I got my man, Steve Jackson, with me on the show. Appreciate you coming in, joining the show, man, having a conversation with you. Uh, how's life been, man? How you doing? Well, thank you, first, for having me, man. I grew up a huge fan of yours. Uh, when I was in high school, I watched you at Penn State, so... Uh, I appreciate this conversation that we're about to have, but I'm doing good, man. You know, I look at the game. I just marvel about what we were able to accomplish ourselves because you realize all the things that's not in your control when you're in that, when you're in that huddle, you think you are. Right. Right. So you're from Vegas, Vegas cat. Did you like, tell me about that experience? Like, is it just born in Vegas? Did you move around? Like, what, what, what was the? What's your background? What's the upbringing? What, what was that like? No, so I'm born and raised in Las Vegas, uh, one of the few. And you know, my mom and dad are from Arkansas. Dad okay. Time, yeah, dad did some time in the military, and once he got back from the war, Vietnam War, um, they moved across the country. You know, he said sixty dollars and and a car full of stuff, and <laughs> moved out west. Heard they were hiring in Vegas. Got a gig on the strip. Uh, he and my mom both got found jobs on the strip during the New Year's time. You know, you up employment, expecting for the crowds. And then back then, you know, um, stuck around 35 years later. He worked his way up from an entry-level job of being a porter 
to being a casino manager. And, nice. you know, that's when, that's when, you know, family owned and people are, you know, able to move up the corporate ladder, so to speak. Sure. I mean, what was that like, man? Like growing up in Vegas, like people think of the strip, people think of so many different things. Uh, you know, football doesn't come to mind. I mean, you might think of the, the running rebels or something like that from UNLV, but football, you don't say, huh, Vegas. I mean, I know Bishop Gorman is there, and I know that they, they've had some good football, but, I mean, what's that like? What's football like there? No, it was, you know, football here growing up especially was very low profile. It wasn't a big scene. And now that, you know, you have some of these national names that you reference, uh, you know, the exposure is getting out there. But growing up when I was here, no, I mean, it, it was city living, um, getting in outside all day, but getting in before dark and very little fields to work on your craft, so to speak. So I was a kid, man. I just ran, ran hills, ran some of the mountains around here, put in a lot of work on bleachers back then, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was just dedicated to what I thought or what was the escape for me. And the reality was I wasn't, it wasn't much going on. Um, the city was only really for adults at that time. So you couldn't go on the strip as a kid. Hmm. And uh, the, the other stuff they had going on, you know, uh, I was fortunate enough to come from a two-parent household, so my dad wouldn't let me get involved in that. So I, my escapism was the football field. I could dig that. You, you're a big bat. You, you are, you are a big. And you talk about being a fan of me. I, I was a fan of you watching you tote the bill, uh, tote the rock for for the Beavers, man. And all I could remember was I want to hit him. Like I want to play against this dude because. You were explosive, you were fast, and your type of back, I mean, there's there's really like a handful of guys that you can say were the type of back that you were. That, you know, you throw Eddie George up into the mix of that. I mean, there's a few more that, you, you know, you could kind of throw out there, but you were a break-the-mold type of back. When you were coming out, you said high school ball was relatively low key and obscure. How were you? Were you recruited? I mean, because the size and the speed and the athleticism. I mean, you had to be a, a top rated guy coming out, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was in the recruiting and that back then. You know, those little books, uh, magazines, Tom yeah, Lemming I, 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 and all Athlons. Right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah. never to the esteem point of national notoriety. So you know. Schools like Nebraska uh, recruited me, but they saw me as a defender, you know, more okay. more as a linebacker. And, you know, the other bigger schools here on the West Coast, you had UCLA with Deshaun Foster at the time, and um, they just wasn't winning. And, and so when I was coming out of high school, USC was down. My freshman year at Oregon State was Pete Carroll's first year at SC. Mm -hmm. So that dominance of South, you know, Southern California just wasn't prevalent when I was getting ready to come out and want to uh, have a scholarship. So the Northwest and and me wanting to be in the Pac-10 um, kind of was locked in, and it was like a, a destiny. Uh, Coach Erickson, which I was, ref I, I knew his work from Miami Hurricanes. Sure. He came in, he came to my house, gave me the pitch of my uh, of his life and my life, and a lot of things that he said to me made sense. He had two senior running backs, and no one to kind of stake claim to who's going to be the next guy, mm -hmm. and. Uh, I just jumped at the opportunity. You know, I, I believed, I bet on myself, I believed in my talent that given other under, underclassmen, I could compete. You were a terror. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how was that? You know, a lot of times people have to overcome 
a lot of, of elements when they leave from high school to college. I, I too was a tailback. I, I was I was a big back and I was the opposite. I wanted to play defense. I was getting recruited to play tailback and I didn't want to play tailback. I just feel like the the game can be taken out of your hands and it could be put into somebody else's or into something else and you could be rendered, you know, kind of a non-factor and I, I I really didn't like I like action. I needed action every play. For you going to school, I mean, you chose it. He gave coach Erickson gave the pitch of his life. You end up there and you were I mean, you didn't have to wait long from what I can recall. You were you were right in the mix of it and and you were making an impact. What was that like for you? Like was there any major challenges that that were unforeseen, like people look at what you were able to do, but then they sit there and be like, you know, it, it probably comes easy for him. He probably never had to struggle because he was bigger, stronger, faster than everybody that he was going up against. Yeah, no. So I think the challenge was just getting my due. Um, as you stated, freshman year, I played as the true freshman. I backed up two seniors. And the opportunity that I recall is, you know, playing special teams, and making an impact there. And then that's when I started really buying into it. It's a team sport, right? Because to your point, it did come easy until I got to the college level. And when I started really realizing the impact of what you can have on a game, if you put in the right positions and then have the opportunities, it started, it started to click a little bit. But then when the two senior guys went down against USC in the Coliseum, and I was thrown in the fire, um, it was more so of showing my commitment and love for the game. You know, I often reference to I, I'm an I'm an old school in mind because I studied you guys so much. I knew everything about you all because I wanted to eventually be you. Mm -hmm. So with that respect for the game and my knowledge of the game, it was my opportunity when these two guys went down in, in the Coliseum. I felt like it was just uh, it was a divine intervention, so to speak. And that was that was my chance. I mean, I'm, I've never been to Oregon State. You know, I'm, I'm tight with 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 TJ. We do a show. I make fun of him a lot, like, ah, Oregon State, this and that. But y'all be producing some ballers out of there. What What was – that the, the success on field equate to, you know, pressures or an interesting life as it applied to you guys, you know, for you in particular, off the field? That's an interesting question. I believe, yeah, it, it – it's one of those, it's a small town, small college town, uh, very friendly people, but it's still uh, somewhat, uh, it's not, it's, it doesn't have quite the diversity of some of these other larger campuses has, right? So in sort of speak, when you're one or 2% of the population of what campus is, you are, you come real close to each other and you got to lean on each other for experience and to make sure you're not tripping, right? Like this is what I went through today. Did you experience this or have mm -hmm. you had that happen to you? And it's kind of like a just, it's, it's when you come back to neutral and you feel like, okay, all right, I'm not tripping. This is the experience of what I am, of what I'm going through here in the state of Oregon or on campus, largely because sometimes, um, you, you know, I, what I experienced, okay, is that people want to help. But in helping, they kind of drown your voice out because, you know, they can't quite live in your shoes and through your lens. So although I was this big star athlete on campus, there still were some experiences that I lacked from what I grew up, grew up with and was used to. 
So in that setting, it makes you all ball important. It makes the, the emphasis of family and leaning on one another even more, you know, bolded because it's really what you're living out. Training for the game is what you're living out of your college experience, hoping, you know, to take advantage of the opportunity. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who was your person? You know, like that's that's a great it's a great answer and it's respectable. But you and I know we be dealing with a whole lot like there, there's those moments of even if you're doing well, there's moments of like uncertainty, you know, frustration, you know, excitement. There's so many different emotions that especially when you're the star, you know, 
who was your person? Was it was it a teammate? Was it my person was was on the track team and and it was a it was a lady lady lion that ran and we were best friends. We knew each other since high school. Um, wasn't a loving basketball type of story. Um, it wasn't like that, but that was my person. I, you know, I had the Ricky moment, like I'm tired of this. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I didn't fell to my knees, bro. I'm crying, like crying. Like I, I don't understand why things are going this way. And I can remember her talking me off the ledge, like, let's jump back in our books. When all else fails, you know, your education is the key and just keep believing in yourself. Did you have a person that that when you had your moments, that was like that person that you talked about the community and drawing close? Who was your person? So it was a senior running back. His name was Ken Simonson. And uh, he's the uh, school all-time leading rusher, right? So I was fortunate enough to not only play for a guy that broke a lot of records and kind of set the, the standard for myself, but also he was a, a Pittsburgh, California guy, that Bay Area, and he had some sense. He actually made me start looking at the world in a broader, in broader terms, right? I wasn't just so just laser focused on just thinking about football singularly. And he would probe these questions or he would point out the history of what we were living through. And he was, you know, bringing that kind of awareness to myself. So I was fortunate enough to have a, a senior running back pour into me so early because he saw the potential. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was humble. You know, I was I was I was willing to put in the work. But at the same time, I was a sponge and he fed into that in the right way. Mm-hmm. I'm a transition on you. The pack. you said the pack 10 then it went to the Pac-12. That 10 came and took UCLA and USC. Now y'all are going to go back to the Pac-10. What, what's your – you're watching it take place. I'm going to talk to you about NIL because obviously we're going to get to to the commercial, one of the most legendary commercials ever shot as well. We're going to touch on that and, and how multifaceted you are, but – Talk to me about what you feel about the pack. Can it can it survive? What, where where you think things are going? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think it will survive. Just the sheerness of the population and people are proud of their schools, just like anywhere else in the country. Um, disappointed, USC and UCLA, the you know they kind of pull the rug from underneath us. Where in a year or two, you're going to have negotiation regarding new contract money. And right now, it looks like you're so far behind the US. I mean, the SEC and some of these other conferences because of their licensing and their TV rises, but you're not giving the consideration that the PAC was the first ones to do a TV deal, right? So mm. you're ahead of yourself at a time where now the market surpassed us and it's just about having a correction. But more importantly, where I think they really lost sight of it is regionally, right? You're not securing the best talent in California or in the Southern Western states because some of our best talents being poached by the SEC. So, you know, if you think about it in terms of uh, politics, you're not securing your own borders. So how can you then say, okay, it's we're the ones that's carrying the conference and you move on to another conference as alliance where you're not doing anything or doing the best that we could to work together as a conference to secure that we keep our best talent regardless of where they go on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, what do you think happens that, that do – USC, UCLA going into the 10, are they able to recruit better? What what does that mean for Oregon State? What does that mean for Oregon? 
I mean, what does that mean for for the pack now in terms of that that idea of what the recruitment of of the players looks like, especially in the in the areas that that you guys are are in? Right. So if I'm if I'm Oregon State, if I'm the if I'm on this committee or this board, and we're talking about how are we going to attract new talent, it's to do exactly what we kind of hit on. You you don't you look in, inwardly and you think about self reflection. We want to bring some of these top athletes in from these areas that is obviously being abandoned. We need to go in there and have a real conversation with them and their families. You know, mm -hmm. this is what it looks like now, but this is what you can help us build towards towards the future. As well as we're going to allow you to play, we're going to allow you to play early as long as your talent does so and your grace reflect that. But also we're going to make sure that your family is involved on how we're going to help you build a brand for yourself or how to help you go out into the larger world and deal with that these hurdles that come before us. It's not just about building alliances, but it's about working through issues and problems with other people. And we can have best give you that example here because it more than likely it's not gonna be your normal life or what you've been used to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, before I get up out of college, I gotta ask you, NIL, cause we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about how you have been almost, in, in essence, you know, you have been active, proactive, almost like a savant, and being more than just a football player, we'll we'll get to that as as we move into the next next level of your life in this conversation. But nil, if the nil is there while Steve Jackson is is in in college, what does that look like for you? Oh, I think um, I think I set myself apart. You know, I, what these kids call you know a content creator or or one of these renaissance people is leading the way. Um, I think that's what I would have been uh, in those shoes, you know, because I understand how to story tell. I understand that, you know, everyone doesn't get to live these realities that we had the chance to and how to package that in a way that it's approachable. Uh, I have a, I have a gift for that. Mm -hmm. You always have. So let's 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 delve into that. You end up going as a high draft pick. You go to the Rams. The Rams was still a, a hot team at the time, still in St. Louis. And, hell, I can remember playing against y'all and, and you were, were the guy. Um, what, was that, what was that experience like for you in terms of you marketing and branding yourself and, and how did that play a part in, in, in your popularity? Because you grew – to popularity really quickly coming into the league. And, you know, obviously, again, if we were to say St. Louis, the St. Louis Rams, they were like a popular team. People would be like, really? Like everybody's thinking L.A. these days. But that was a vibe back then to, to be on the Rams. And you were you were on that, that I want to say, the, the last of the Mohicans before it went bad kind of sort of for St. Louis and they ended up leaving. So what was that like for you being that like you took over the mantle? Like it wasn't going to be easy to do it with Marshall Folk being the guy he was. And, and you know, Arlen was up in the mix at a point in time. But what what was that like for you? He was challenged. You know, everything you said was uh, it was an upward battle, upward hill battle, because, you know, you have two time uh, offensive MVP and Marshall and some of the other things he able to accomplish. While and he was still there. He was still there being, you know, uh, and here I come. I'm not clean cut. You know, I had these long hair, uh, tattoos. So I looked the polo opposite of what they've grown to uh, love. And 
for me to come in and challenge that, it wasn't going to be easy. And it wasn't, you know, <laughs> they had their opinions on me. And what I did know, what was always dri driven in me from high school was we reflected on is I was a hard worker. Mm -hmm. uh, it was the why I got a, I got a chance to escape. So regardless of how beat writers wrote about me or how fans felt about this new this new kid trying to take their favorite player's job, um, I knew that if I continue to just consistently work hard and be just show up, they eventually get to see the other side of me. Yeah, and uh, that's eventually what I just did. You know, and it it almost made made even more sense because blue collar people are that way. You know, <laughs> my work ethic and reflected of what their life really is. Yeah. Um, it, it made more. It made their guard come down, and it made me, I guess, seem more approachable. Have you ever heard? Because when I first was seeing you, you were big. You did have the dreads. You did have the tats, and I, I was a dread too. So I know all about it. I see you go. You going back down the journey as well. I don't know how far you going to go with it, but yeah, it won't go that far. <laughs> it won't go that far. It, it, it. You had. You had your main. You had the, the, the tats, and and look. They who win the war write write the history, right? That's all you see. Yeah. That's all you see now. Like so in in, in in so many ways, you're you're a pioneer. I mean, if you look at Henry, that's a carbon copy in terms of big, rocked up, fast, tats, dreads, right? Like you're a pioneer. How does that feel now, knowing that you had to do that uphill battle? It's almost like, in a way, it's almost like a, a, a AI type of scenario, right? Because you were the first one. Like, literally, I could say confidently, I'm thinking, I'm, you know, you could think about, like, them you boys, like Najee, Davenport, and a few of them, Edger and James, but they weren't they weren't larger-than-life figures coming in. It wasn't like this big, tall, ginormous running back tats and dreads and he's he's out on them like what was that like for you now when you look at where the game is the culture of the game now what you know how does that make you feel you know it makes me feel good because it means that i did my part right you know not only did i you know help breaking into the the day-to-day -day sunday football watchers uh television set you know because you're talking about the commercials and things sure. like that right I, I was able to be on the spearhead of that, but also I guess I handled myself in a way that they didn't have those those uh, stereotypes you want to put on that look or what you want to assume about that person that looks mm -hmm. like you know what I look like. Uh, you, I broke those those. I helped break some of those doors down to make now that these guys are getting contracts and these commercials and not having that second thought of what I knew I faced uh, in the boardroom. It just uh, it proves that I did my job. So let's let's talk about that. L led to endorsements, knocking down the the doors. I just had this conversation with my homie yesterday. So I'm real tight. You know, I mentored Sean Merriman. So when I saw the commercial hit, I was like, "Dang!" Like hardest commercial to this day. It's still the hardest one to this day. The last of the Mohicans I referenced earlier, they're playing the theme music from from the mu from the movie. You got Sean dogging cats, but then here comes Steve grabbing the ball and rolling out and doing what he's doing, and that's you. How does that? I mean, 
in the moment, I'm sure it's like, man, that's a pretty cool commercial. But where you are now, how do you look at a moment like that? Like, how do you internalize that you're part of one of the most iconic Nike commercials ever shot? And it's goosebumps. It, it, you know, I remember uh, in college, we used to get some of the, the prototype cleats, right? And we would get these shoes given to us and practice in. And it was like, damn, if I could just find a deal with Nike one day, that would be like one of the freshest, dopest moments that I, you know, man. But then to then fast forward to be one of the part of the most iconic commercials, the marketing, it changed the way um, football commercializes itself and how it pushes the products. But to be, you know, that, that prototype, that, I mean, it it outlasts me, my time on this earth. So it's dope. It's one is dope, but it's very humbling because I remember just wanting to get some free product as a college entry. Right. Yeah. Right. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
How does that make you feel to know, again, that that guys, you know, it's always who can who can come up with something next? Like, where does the next game-changing content come from? How does that make you feel to know that that's a standard? Like, guys are still probably influenced by that commercial. How does that, like, that's got to be a cool feeling. It is. It is. Because you, know, you talk about the concept of it and, and what it, what we're trying to show is we the grind from week to week, seasons, you know, through the fall, through the winter, right? Regardless, indoor. The weather outdoor. was changing on. No, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. But every week you got to grind. And, you know, when Merriman, you got the pressure of him breathing down your back or you got the pressure of me running ready to run, trying to bring you over. Right. Who's going to stop you? And then next week, the challenge only becomes even greater. So for us to be able to convey that in less than a minute, you know, we still able to talk about it nearly 20 years later. Um, man, it just, it was, it was, I was happy that we put in the effort that we did because yeah. we talked about it, right? As you talk about it, like, I want this to be dope. I want people to remember this. So for us to go and put that kind of commitment in and deliver on that, it means that we're going to stick around for a long time. Truth. Let's talk about let's stay let's stay in that that area in terms of branding yourself in terms of being more you have always proactively been more like I always say I'm a guy that played football I'm not a football player I've never been a football player I've always been a dude that played ball and I actually was good at doing it and I love doing it, but I never subscribe to I'm the the jersey number on my back. I'm 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 you know, this is what I am. I'm a football player. Like I'm I that's I love the game. I love what it's done for me. But I was always proactively trying to leverage the game and what it represented to ultimately become what I wanted to be. I saw that in you. I saw you, you know. Doing a lot. Of, I know you did the boot camp, the the media boot camp at one point in time. I know you were doing, you know, media and different things like that. How has that gone for you? And what was your approach in terms of building your brand and and being, you know, I heard you mention a renaissance type of 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 guy. How has how 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 was that, or why was that a mindset for you? How did you approach it, and, and where are you with that now today? Yeah, so um, it's the click, the, the ball, I guess, started rolling, and things started clicking for me when tires started getting bad in St. Louis, right? Okay. You start getting, you're not on Monday night football. You're not in the prior time spots, and the things that you're accomplishing is kind of being just read or a small bleep in a paragraph, right? Yeah. And I was like, holy crap. Now, if I don't get control of the narrative, now people say now, but if I, I then I was like, if I don't get control of this narrative, I'm quickly going to be a memory. And um, so I, I then start going back to what what you lived in your journey is actually you started pulling from that as inspiration. And the two things that I lived through and in Vegas, always promoting itself as being one of the greatest cities to escape to, um, always promising some type of, of reward for risk. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to Oregon, I saw how Nike was just such a dominant force in the sports world. I started thinking about, OK, how do I bring these two together for myself? And I did that by shooting a documentary. I documented, I did the documentary called The Week in the Life, you know, mm -hmm. and it's telling the story again, more intimate level. Um, 
and I shot that and we released that on YouTube. And when I saw how much interest I got, you know, I was up for what was called a Webby uh, between the Onion, LA Times and myself. So I'm like, whoa, I'm on to something here. Now, how do I stick to it? And as I continue to study it and continue to evolve, as you said, the Hollywood boot camp things, start leaning out and leveraging the game that I felt was taken from us and abuse of body. I started leveraging what it was offering to me to grow myself intellectually and in different rooms I couldn't get in in my own. Hmm. So where are you at with it now? Well, now I have my own clothing brand that I'm rocking. Uh, OBS. OBS, yes. Hmm. And it, yeah, and the website is obsbrand.com. So thank you for that. All right. But the brand, what the brand is, is, is overcoming the, B, the BS of life. Right? Okay. So we're all going to have some issues. We're all going to grow up through some things that have traumatized us as kids. There's going to be some hurdle that you believe either gender is holding you back or your ethnic race is holding you back. There's going to be rooms you're going to be uncomfortable in, but you got to navigate that for yourself. Mm. No one's going to come safe. True. You got to be able to navigate. Uh, you got to be able to not only communicate your story, but also your strengths. What can you provide in that room to be a favor? And once you get that and realize how you make those connections in the room, how do you deliver on that? And I continue to just in, and 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 um, I just impress on the younger generation because I love dealing with younger athletes. Okay, I love dealing with high school uh, students, but because at that point it's so pivotal, you could go left or right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to press on them that you know continue to be uncomfortable because the moment you're in the smartest one in the room or you're the one the, the biggest success in the room, you're outgrown that room. You got to continue to look for how do I overcome the next circumstance in my life. Mm -hmm. So motivational i sold clothes in high school to get by but it's helping tell the story and motivating that next generation to keep going true true i love that so obs make sure you go to obs brand that is yes sir obsbrand.com yes sir yeah make sure y'all go we'll put that up and push that out uh looking at the league now what's your what's your take on it because it was it was still, it was still bang bang, you know. Back then, it was still, it was still a whole lot more physicality connected to it. You were just talking about, you know, some of the things that you got to get addressed, you know, health wise and stuff like that. Before we even started the the interview, bro, we was thumping back then, like it was bumping grind back then. The game has still has some dogs but largely it's it's a it's an evolved it's a changed approach it's a changed physicality total overall to how the game is played how you think you would have done in today's nfl uh you know i think just the sheerness of they don't hit in practice right i think that saves that saves and probably lived in my career another two or three seasons Mm. Um, where, you know, I had some of these coaches, they were coming to the team because we were bad the year before. They think they got to toughen you up. So I'm, I mean, I'm living, I'm live practice, right? And then now I have to go out on Sunday and do it again and entertain. Mm. Uh, that in itself, I think, limp is my career. I mean, I'm more dominant. The game is spread out. And uh, and I don't, I still don't know how officials are calling this crown of the helmet thing, right? So right. interesting enough, I think, the league has good intentions of protecting people, but at the end of the day, you can't guarantee anything. So mm -hmm. what I challenge the league and say is um, take care of the guys afterwards <laughs> and let the game be what it is. It's physical. It's a physical game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those that choose to play, we live with that. 
That's interesting. And I like that because you're right. Take care of the guys. Um, all right. I'm going to wrap with this. I'm going to wrap with this. But you got some legendary dudes that came through Oregon State, and I mentioned them. And I, I do a show on Saturdays with with TJ called Up On Game. Um, <laughs> do you have any stories on TJ Hushmanzada? Because I, I, I'm just curious. Uh, I remember him. Obviously, he's he's my generation of players. We're a little bit older than you, but you was in at the same time as us. Going into Oregon State, is there anything on TJ Hushmanzada? I have nothing. nothing. You don't have nothing. I don't have nothing. He's a good brother. I have no. I have nothing on him. He was always one of those guys that actually taught us to have school pride because before then, you know, before that group got there, it was a losing. It was a losing program. Right. To see these guys uh, on Saturday scoring touchdowns, doing the pat down, right? They they're on live TV doing like on some on some hood stuff. You know, right. you know, like I want to I want to roll with them cats. I want to be down yeah. with them. So TJ's always been a good dude, man. I can't say one bad thing about him. And he's very passionate about our legends. Uh, the yeah. way he talks in interviews is the way he talks behind closed doors. And he's very, you know, he gets he get the little hand slapped on the table when he's making an emphasis. So um, my thing is, is his love, man. It's number love and respect for him. True, true, true. <laughs> All right, before I let you go, man, you just talked about OBS. Um, is there anything else that you're promoting? Anything else you got going on? Talk to me. It is. So I have a barber school here in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. Um, my best friend and I, Carl Littles, uh, he is our master barber and our instructor there. We grew up together in high school. Okay. And he's always been someone that actually, he grew with me. Um, and, and our growth individually, he went out and he wanted to become an uh, educator. And I supported that in the sense that we're ranked 49th in the country as a school district. Nice. And there's very limited opportunities here for these youngsters growing up in Vegas outside of industry work and mm -hmm. for us to promote individualism, being original and uh, being true to who we are, I believe in creating career paths, not just complaining about it, but actually action and doing something about it. Mm -hmm. So we came together, put our minds to work and we created this barber school, the original barber school, which is a second meaning for the OBS there. So you can't forget it. But the, uh, the original barber school here in Las Vegas, we are hundred percent full with a waiting list just as long as our, our, our opening Nice. Uh, but it's uh, one that the community has braced. Uh, we have given out um, numerous things to the community. So we're not only taking what we're giving, but we're also giving these young people a career path for them um, to be able to take advantage in the future. Uh, but it's speaking professionalism into them as well as, you know, helping them build up their clientele. Fire. Is there is there a website? It is. It is. So it's a, it's a long one. So bear with me. It's right. the original barber school. LV for Las Vegas. So original barber school, LV.com. Um, so there so does that mean you're planning on going somewhere else? Absolutely. <laughs> I, know that's right. I know that's right. All right. All right. The original barber school, LV.com. Make sure we're going to put that up on the bottom of the screen. All right. Uh, man, is there anything else? Is, is, is that it? Is I mean, as if that's not enough, but I want to make sure anything that you want to put out there that you have this opportunity to put it out on the platform. Anything else you got? Now, those of that and who does not follow me, please follow me on my social media. Most of them are at SJ39 on Twitter. 
And then on Instagram, um, I am SJ39. Um, I use my platform there to uh, hopefully to inspire, to encourage, and to motivate uh, those of you that may be uh, just fans of sports, but also enlightenment. I believe in pushing the narrative, pushing people forward. Um, that's what I stand for. That's what I believe in. So I'm continuing to grow, and I hope you, you know, enjoy if you decide to follow the growth in myself and what I'll be pushing to the rest of the community. Thank Steve you, brother. Steve Jackson, y'all. This is Conversations with a Legend, presented by Up On Game Presents. Man, y'all been blessed today. Dope dude. I've been excited about the opportunity of pursuing to get the interview with you, and, and it's great to hear from you. Um, continued success to you, and, and yeah, like, we're going to put this out there because people need to hear the positivity. They need to feel the energy of of juggernauts that have played this game but are humble warriors man you're a humble warrior and you know i appreciate your approach to to what you do and how you do it and anyway we can support you we're going to continue to support you man so we'll probably most likely be in contact with you to make sure we can we can do just that thank you brother that means a lot to me my man steve jackson y'all uh formerly of the 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 rams the st louis rams played for i want to say the falcons right yes and i know you ended up with with belichick maybe we'll do another one we'll have a whole conversation on that too because uh you know that's always an interesting one but i got we got we got some interesting stuff but we got time we'll probably circle up at some point and do do it again i would love that man please anytime my man next time we might do it we might do it in person you know i mean you never know might do it in on on the face to face yeah, yeah, let's Bye do that. Make it happen, man. I appreciate you, man. All right, you be well. You as well. Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.